el centro de Jürgen, el remate, gol, 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 gol de Tigre, el gol, el gol que levanta el estadio, que hace ponerse de pie. We are live, even though we've been live for a few minutes now on YouTube. First time doing all this, but I think it was it was it was the right time, especially with uh, making uh, a final appearance after four years. Welcome everybody. We got a full party today on the La U Times podcast. My friend Dennis, Sean, Josue, Lewis, and Edgar. Um, guys, how we doing, fellas? We're in the final. Love that. I don't know how we did it, but we're here. Lulu, are you man, feeling? I'm super excited, man. I would have never, I would have never guessed it in a million years that we would make the final this season after all the turmoil. But we're we're here, and I'm loving every minute of it. Awesome, awesome, Edgar. How we doing, bro? We're doing great. The more complicated road that we talked about ended up being the perfect one for us and Cibolli, <laughs> saying, "Hey, you know what? The league might not happen, but here we are." It's like that uh, meme that we kept seeing on on Twitter from uh, Toy Story. It's like, nah, dude, we were aiming for the league instead of the conca. <laughs> Josue, how we doing, brother? Yeah, I'm also excited. We never thought, like, like we were talking about earlier, we, I never thought we'd be here at this moment right now with the, with all the uncertainties that we had this this uh, semester. Yeah. Why don't we take it back a little bit to the beginning? We uh, started uh, with a lot of high hope. Diego Coca comes into the squad um, after having back-to-back championships and then a terrible season where he basically called it quits. It was a mutual uh, departure, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we kind of figured throughout the, you know, the offseason and like even once the season got started, he probably wasn't the first option uh, to be the head coach but probably was the easiest or the most or the smartest decision to make, especially with the proven coach aspect. So we go from Diego Coca. Obviously we have our uh, bad sour taste with him and everything that happened, him leaving to the national team. Then comes along our friend and always there for the cause, Chima Ruiz, who's been a long time um, player and, you know, part of the organization of Tigres and then everything starts going downhill we're thinking Poncacaf is probably the easiest route like Edgar just mentioned and it turns out to be that that wasn't the easiest route especially with Leon having a great series against us and then uh, getting eliminated by San Luis and then Siboldi comes in obviously I skipped a step there but we're now here Liguilla final appearance what do we make of all that summary? We'll start off with my boy Dennis. A lot happening during this season, but we're here, brother. Yeah, it feels like this month has gone on forever, much less this whole start of the year. Um, obviously not what we wanted, but here we are, I guess. I mean, I, I was very pro let's go for CONCACAF. Uh throughout the whole semester once things started going to crap and then obviously you know how that ended was very disappointing 
but we're in the next one next year, so maybe we'll we'll uh right some wrongs there. But yeah, man, here we are. Um and to do it again uh at our at our second home as everybody likes to talk about at the BBVA. Um which shout out FIFA for making the video for the World Cup logo, which by the way is terrible, and putting us on the video and not Rayados, even though it's at their stadium. So kudos to them. But anyway, to do it against them was bittersweet or not bittersweet. It was very sweet. Sorry. Um, and to see Sebastian who has been unbelievable, um, this whole Ligia after, you know, we've been talking about, well, he should be in the squad. Why is he not in the squad for like various points of the season? And this is what happens when you have him in the squad. He does things like score five goals in this Ligia run. So yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster. I know it's so cliche to say, but we're here, and I can't wait for Thursday. I'm pumped. Amazing. Sean, you um, have been very honest and very critical throughout the season with our squad. What do you make of the three coaching change and, you know, what you saw as far as playing style, um, maybe the players' form and their emotional aspect, and now to be here in the final? I think – there's obviously a difference between whatever buttons Sabaldi was pushing and whatever buttons Chima Ruiz was pushing. We're a lot closer to the uh, Diego Coca side of things than we are the Chima Ruiz side of things currently. Obviously, our form isn't perfect, but it's like Dennis said, this is how you draw it up preseason. But if the end goal is to win a title, you got to be playing in a final to get that star. So, hey, we're here. That's half the battle. It doesn't really matter how you got there in the long run. Uh, so going through tr three coaches, it's a, we all can agree. It's not ideal. I don't know that I would give Sabaldi the job either after kind of looking at his previous track record a little bit. I think he's really only had decent success kind of at Cruz Azul, maybe a little bit at Santos. I think we won the manager of the year award that time, but it, it's not like it produced any uh, stars for the badge. So uh, I would still be, unless he wins a title. And even if he does win a title, I would still probably be looking for a coaching search over the, uh, the off season just to maybe find somebody that's got a little bit more of an established track record. Um, the volatility with the coaches in this league is obviously something that's, that's well-documented, but um, if he wins a title, it's hard to say no to him. Right. But at the same time, there's a reason he was available to take over a dumpster fire and willing to take over a dumpster fire. Uh, so, you know, sometimes beggars can be choosers a little bit. And I think it, it, it's time for us to be choosy, even if we have a successful weekend this weekend. My man. Always being honest, even though we're in the final, still being critical of it. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to hear, my friend. Lou, you know, you, uh, you've had a lot more hope than probably the mo most of us, and it's probably because you've been a lot more used to these uh, suffering moments than we all have. Um, you were uh, along the ride of the, you know, when we went down in the descenso. So talk to me about players, man about the player experience that took a role in this and pulling this out, especially after the CONCACAF uh, elimination. Yeah, it, if, if it wasn't for the leaders that we have on the squad, I think it, it would have all fallen apart. But you have guys like Nahuel and Guido Pizarro and Chignac and, and, you know, Carioca. There's a lot of, you know, Aquino, a lot of guys that are very experienced that have been down this road before. And, and I think I said it, about two weeks before we got knocked out of CONCACAF that it felt like 2020, uh, close with a 2020, where 
early that year, we basically gave up on the league and then they went on this magical run in, in the club world cup and it had the same vibes. And honestly, I was thinking they were going to do it for, for CONCACAF. I, I wasn't expecting them to do it in the league, but everything just kind of fell into place where they were able to make a good run in the league. And, and uh, the matchups were there and it's all because Siwaldi came in and worked the mental aspect. I think a lot of these guys were tired mentally they were going through some ups and downs and he was able to keep everybody together and you can see it. You can see the morale is high. Uh, a lot of guys are, are really eager to get this, this title. And, and I think it's, it's just experience. We've been through this uh, and they know how to get it done. So I'm, I'm really confident in our chances for, for this final. Absolutely. Edgar, uh, anything that stood out to you, obviously, you know, the confidence from Sebastian Cordova, like Dennis was pointing out, anything else that you've seen change within the current form of the players throughout this Liguilla run? A lot of the morale, and it's in a couple of other players as well. I mean, you've seen that now Linus is kind of being pushed into bigger role. A, yeah, bigger role. And uh, definitely you're seeing a bit more of structure within his form. I mean, he's still got ways to go, but... The effort definitely improved and, you know, he started getting crosses under Siboldi. That was phenomenal and just one of the best things for us. Not to mention Luis Quinones, Jesus Christ, the best cross of his entire career <laughs> happened under Siboldi. It's something that I would never have imagined earlier in the season. It was phenomenal and it was great. So a lot of the form just of these players has definitely improved under Siboldi. I don't know. Uh, like Sean was saying, what buttons he started pushing, but it really, really helped. I think the most important was the presence aspect, right? The leadership that he brought to the table of, you know, winning a championship in the past, being at Tigres in tough moments. So I think for me, that was probably what stood out. Josue, I want to touch up on something with you. Um, it's been a lot of the conversation, even after we advanced into the final. Our boy APG, right? He hasn't had his best. Uh, season where he scored eight goals and it's not his best season and uh but he hasn't had a lot of presence in the league yet with uh goal scoring what do you uh expect you know especially going into a, a championship game where we're gonna rely on on goals yeah i think he's still gonna be one of our key players because of that leadership that he brings in that experience, the calmness, and the explosiveness that you never know when that bomb's going to go off. So I, I wouldn't count him out, but he still does bring a lot to the table, even though he's not producing goals. He's he's still pulling defenders, still creating spaces. And I think that that will uh, be important. Um, and I was just thinking back, um, on those two last minute goals when we were down 2-0 in El Volcan versus Chivas. And then he came out of those two goals out of nowhere and tied it up. Unfortunately, we still went to Guadalajara and, and lost that championship because of that, uh, that controversial call. Mm -hmm. But he's a player you can't count out and I would leave him on the pitch. Absolutely. Lou, let's talk a little bit about the Clásico Regio now that we got some opening thoughts about, you know, being in the final. Um, 
break down for me the uh, game plan that Sivoli had in this game because there was a lot of, uh, especially in our group thread and online, there was a lot of nervous uh, people, and I'm sure a lot of other people were not in a total agreement with the uh, gameplay or the approach that he had. But I know that, you know, we all discussed it and, you know, sort of were in agreement as to that was probably our best option. Um, so break that down for me. Please. Yeah, in the group chat, I, I think I think it was you that brought it up in the group chat, which was right on point, was when when they scored that early goal off of that Noel mistake and they went up 1-0. I think a lot of us were saying, oh, this is this is actually good. And I think I tweeted out at one point, it's a it's a blessing in disguise because Busetich was willing to bite that that hook, man. I mean, he fell for that bait right away. As soon as it went up, that's what Busetich was wanting. Get a lead and then hold on to that that small lead. And uh, and I was like, this is gonna work out in our favor because Busetich is gonna settle. And sure enough, they they settled. Uh, they got we got the tie on the on the home home stretch and then in the away Siwoldi played it perfectly perfectly um he waited right until like the 60th minute and then he started making his moves and and you knew that's what he wanted to do all along he was going to set it up for that uh Rayal was going to come out you know bunker down press a lot try to win the midfield and as time went along, you know that these players were going to run out of juice eventually, and the pressure was going to be there. I think that's another big factor. Um, Rayel's fans don't like to talk about 2017, but 2017 is on their mind all the time. And 2019. And so that, yeah, I mean, the pressure the pressure is there, and it's real. And, you know, these guys don't forget. If the fans know, the players know. And when when Sivoldi made those moves, he brought in Quinones, Lainez, Diente Lopez. You knew it was on. It was coming. And sure enough, it paid off. We scored. And as soon as we scored, man, I was like a huge relief for me because I knew they weren't coming back. That was it. Mentally, they were toast. The stadium was completely silent. There was no noise. You could hear a pin drop after that. Yeah. And I knew it was over. It was The game was over at the 79th minute when we scored that goal. And it was just, you know, Siwoldi played it perfectly. I mean, honestly, I, I think he just, he won the battle, the, the coaching battle against Musadich. Did he finally convince you after uh, all this time? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't on board with Siwoldi, but I think he deserves another shot. I think he deserves another season. For one, because he hasn't had a preseason. And honestly, he still hasn't gotten the best out of these players. I think Sean mentioned it earlier. We're not, we're not playing that great. There's still a lot to improve, and and I think with an off season he can put together a really good run next season again. Can we talk about that swing of emotions though, from giving up a goal in the 71st minute, waiting five minutes for VAR, and then scoring two minutes later? I was freaking out. I mean, I think that honestly, that's what killed him. Like, think about the emotional aspect of scoring a goal, securing the series, counted against you, no goal. And then how long was it? A minute and a half, maybe, yeah, maybe less. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't very long. And then they score on you. And on top of that, like if you listen to many videos that were online with no broadcast, just the actual audio from the stadium, we had a lot of fans in that stadium. I didn't realize how many jerseys were in there. And maybe, you know, there, it was Fox Sports camera angles or, or whatever, but it was roaring in there after that Cordova goal. 
And you can hear a lot of the chants. The Libres y Locos had a small supporting section up top, and you can hear the chants in a lot of those videos. Yeah. What about uh, the back line of three? What do we think of that, Edgar? Like, you know, I le we weren't expecting it. Um, you know, Sean's really happy because we finally got his wish of uh, give up Pizarro or slide into the back. This man's been saying it since game, what, two, three? Maybe last since year. last season? Yeah. Last season, yeah. So what do we think about that, Edgar? What was your thoughts initially as the you know starting lineup rolled out? Obviously, because there was a lot of changes uh, into that lineup. In a way, it stressed me out a little bit just because, uh, you know, it was something that we didn't see under Siboldi. Um, right. And also just Samir coming fresh off of injury. And, you know, um, when he was out, you could definitely tell the, his absence was a huge hole in the lineup. Uh, so it was concerning a little bit, and I am honestly amazed that T. Woolley was able to make it work to our advantage. It's not something that I really thought about during the game of this is going to be an advantage point. It was more, this might be a liability for us, but it really worked out in our favor. Yeah, we were able to have the ball and have that security in the back for all those counters. So I think he did great with that. What uh, what do we think of... Uh, all the uh, Nahuel uh, moments that he had during these two series. Cause we had, you know, obviously the goal in the first leg and then the, right from the get-go, the second minute, um, we get like a Funes Mori or a Berterame push. And, you know, he kind of gets away with it. Do we feel the like he's. The, the book has come, the children's book, Adventures in Goalkeeping with Nahuel. <laughs> it's going to be the bestseller on New York Times. Hey, do it, man. I'll buy, I'll buy a copy. Do we, do we think he's uh, locked in? He's Without a little a too eager, in my opinion. I think I think he he's he's a little too eager right now, and that's kind of forcing the mistakes. Uh, he nearly cost us the series, man. I mean, because yeah. he that one goal at home, and then we got bailed out by that handball or whatever. I don't know what they ended up calling. I think there offsides. was two offsides. It was an offsides and a handball or whatever, but he nearly cost us the the league very nearly and i think i think he'll fix it i think he'll fix it for the chivas game but he needs to kind of settle down a little bit yeah i'm fixing to say the same thing i think it just had to do with the series against Rayados. it's a classic goal emotions are high and he wants to prove his worth you know which he doesn't have to he's already proven it but he just wants to make it spectacular you know yeah he wants to make it also about him and not forget about him uh dennis uh Nicolás Ibañez hadn't had any playing time the previous three games. Comes in, obviously, we need a scoring uh, opportunity or a goal to advance. He comes on. Wasn't, you know, there's nothing that really stood out, but what did you think about that sub after especially not playing the last three games? I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, like Lou just talked about, the intent of Siboldi trying to get all the attackers on, like, after the 60th minute, which I agree, great great strategy um you know he have to throw him in there because i mean we spent a lot of money on him and we expect something like we expect a lot of things from him um and it's just kind of been the theme of the season for him really like it, he just hasn't really found his groove and i think that's okay you know i think we have a, a you know we have reason to have high expectations of all of our players but especially him coming from you know the success that he had at Pachuca specifically the last you know year you know, it's been kind of rocky, but you, you got to do what you got to do. You got to bring your attackers on. And even though it wasn't great, 
I just don't think it's going to happen at least this season, but I do think with a full preseason that there will be some opportunities for him. Um, especially I saw a statistics posts that said that his rate stats are basically identical to what he was producing at Pachuca. It's just the opportunities haven't been nearly as, you know, he's not on the field for every minute like he was right. at Pachuca. So he's right. producing at a similar rate. It's just we haven't given him as many opportunities is kind of what I was seeing. Right, and I totally expect that he will take more of the workload next year anyway, because I, I do think it's natural to kind of ease Gignac yeah. out of it, you know, as much as that's, you know, sad to say. I mean, my guy is old. We love him to death, but my guy is old. There's going to have to be a point where he's not your, the guy on the team anymore. And so I would imagine that Nico steps into that a lot more next season. I just don't see it happening right now because he's not going to start over Andre, especially in a final at, at this rate. And we know that the, the two-striker system doesn't work and hasn't worked really all year. So why try it now when Siboldi has figured some things out? And although we haven't been playing great, like we've all said, it's better to do what we have been doing well-ish as opposed to throwing another wrench into something, you know, in the two most important games of the year. I just want to point out, I just thought about that immediately after you finished that sentence. 2016, 2017, 2019, and now 2023. We've owned them the last league ES. Monterrey's yellow and blue. That's all I got to say. It's our Reese's playground. Sure. But what a... Moving on to talk about the final guys, there's some c- couple of things that I wanted to bring up. First of all, what is the what are the odds that the final, the first leg and the second leg end on end on the exact same day as they did in 2017? Same wild. No, I saw people freaking out on the internet about that. When you play the same scheduled calendar over and over and over again against you know, the same team, May, brother. At some time, you're going to end up playing. Hold, hold on, though, Sean. Hold on. They defeated the same opponents going into that final. It, this is, by the way, Sizu from Twitter who posted this. Yeah. Chivas defeated the same teams, and, and Tigres did the same thing going into that final, and it ends on the same day. Well, it sounds like you guys are predicting a loss, and I'm not down with that. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I'm not going there. And, I'm not going there. And we were the third seed. I'm sorry. They were the third seed. And we were the seventh seed. Seven yeah, we seed. were the seventh yeah. seed. It is wild. So we got to get it. I mean, I, I've i said it like, you know, earlier in the season when we were playing and, you know, obviously you know, some of you guys didn't agree with it. I hate losing to Chivas. I'm not saying I'm okay with losing to Rayados in America, but the one team that I absolutely hate losing to is Chivas because they are full of excuses every single season since I've been watching soccer as a kid. You know, they had their couple of runs when I was like maybe nine, 10 years old when they had Ramon Ramirez. They had that like full squad of Coyote, Pelais. We've got Chimarriz is on there. Chimarriz, Claudio Suarez, Tiburon San- uh, Sanchez, all these players, but they're always full of excuses, man. Every season, like the media just gives them a pass. They're not on the same level as America in terms of like the criticism. So I just absolutely hate losing against them. So I want this rematch. I want us to take this eighth, but obviously none of us really thought that we were going to be here, but we are here. Um, 
what is what is the game strategy going into this uh, two legged series? Uh, I would be interested to see if he sticks with the five at the back again, or if he goes back, back to that line of four. I, I thought that when he brought the subs on after the 60th minute, where it was basically like a three, four, three, almost with Diente and Quinones and Nico and APG. I mean, it's darn near a three, three, four. If you were really getting aggressive and wanted to, uh, I'll be interested to see what he does with the stuff at the back. And if he continues to leave Guido back there, because I thought that he was pretty effective in the role. The main thing is obviously fighting the dynamic uh, aspect of Chivas, right? Like they're going to pressure the ball with a lot of intensity. They're going to move the ball quickly and they're going to play direct ball when needed. So that's kind of like my concern. And, you know, that's why I brought up like maybe playing with the back line of three. But uh, Alfred, our boy, he knows his, his stuff as well. He was uh, mentioning that maybe it's probably smart to go back to the back line of four like we played against Toluca, which I honestly don't think it's a bad idea either. But I think ultimately it's going to be about who wants it more. I think you can play three in the back. You can play four in the back. But it's going to be who wants it more. Chivas is hungry. They've been fighting a lot of criticism, like I mentioned, especially this season. And then Tigres, nobody really thought they were going to be here after three coaching in the coaching carousel. So who wants it more? Who do we think is going to be uh, the, our most important players going into the series, Edgar? Definitely Cordova. You can't you can't deny it. He has been Mr. Liguillas for the season. Uh, you can just expect it to happen again against the final. Um, coming from an Americanista background, I think he also is going to really want to show uh, dominance over Chivas. He knows what it, those Clásicos are like. And aside from him, I think Gordian, this is going to be his big moment to shine. I know he was criticized in the past couple games saying that he uh, doesn't show for the important games, but uh, really it was just an injury. And I think that this is going to be his opportunity to shine as well, especially because you see off the pitch, how passionate he is with the club, how much he loves these colors. Uh, he's definitely going to be an important presence on the field. The one thing to mention though, and I hope it doesn't bite us in the ass is uh, Cordova saying that he didn't want to go to Chivas because he was going to fight for championships at Tigres. So uh, hopefully uh, he backs it up with a big performance in hopefully. both games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josue, um, any thoughts about uh, what this game plan is going to be for uh, Chivas? I think we have to continue what we were doing with Toluca when we did things right. And then also with Monterrey, you know, we didn't give them any spaces to for the, for the counters. Uh, we had Aquino that was all over the pitch saving us there at the end. And we're going to need our wingers and our center backs to be fully concentrated against Chivas, like you said, because they're, they're going to want to play more direct, more aggressive, fast. And if they were able to do that to America when they were parking the bus, you know, we're, we're going to have to be concentrated to what's going on at the game when, when they have the ball. Lou? I really, oh, go ahead, my bad. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I just really hope that they maintain this. It, it feels different over the, since they got eliminated from the, the Champions League Cup, that their intensity when receiving the ball, I mentioned this with Woods in that quick little like 10-minuter, but when we're getting the ball at, 
at our feet, they're anticipating the, the defender being at their backs. They're one touch, two touch, and quick, and it's gone before the defender can get there. Or in, in the occasions where they are, you know, accepting that contact, they're staying strong on the ball and moving it to the next person down or being strong enough that somebody else can come in and act as a double team, you know, in that kind of battle and keep keep the possession for us as opposed to losing us. And that's just something that I really hope we don't lose because I thought we have looked really, really, really good in terms of like, I guess, intensity on the ball and when having the ball at our feet in a way that wasn't there when Chima was here at all, or even in kind of the couple of weeks before that, even, you know, playing Leon, playing Montagua, playing, you know, uh, whoever that MLS team was that we darn near tried to choke against. But it, it, that's really what I'm looking for is, is how they look when they've got the ball at their feet, if they look like they're, um, you know, quick ticky-tacky style. I think they definitely felt it. I think that it definitely hurt them to be eliminated in that Champions League, especially because I, I mean, I believe that they also knew that that was probably the easier route, per se, uh, towards the hardware, so being eliminated, especially after taking a 2-1 lead at home and then playing the way that they did, uh, it must have gotten to them. So uh, I'm with you there. Lou, does uh, Samir start for uh, us in this first leg? I think you got to start him. Um, he's, he's your best center back, so he's got to start, in my opinion. I know he's coming off of an injury, but at this point, you got to start him. Last time we played Chivas, we played a 4-2-3-1. Samir had a really good game. Um, it, it it's interesting. Gignac didn't play that last game against Chivas. It was uh, Ivanius, and Ivanius was the one that scored. And and I said it earlier in the season. There there was only one team that really beat us from start to finish and completely dominated us this season, and that was America. I know we lost to Chivas, and Chivas Chivas got us two one. But I looked at the statistics after that game, and the, the, there was no reason they should have beat us, man. XG was at 0.93. They had four shots on goal. Uh, so, honestly, I feel like that was the beginning of, of the, the end for, for Chima Ruiz. That was the first loss. It was, it was one that kind of turned the tide for Chima Ruiz. And I think this game is going to be the one that turns the tide for Chivaldi for the, for the better. And so I'm really, I'm really glad we got Chivas because I feel like we match up really well against them. And the, what beat us last time was mental mistakes, lack of focus, lack of intensity, uh, giving up that early goal. We need, we need to get away from that, you know, settle into the game, play Tuka ball early on, and then, you know, pick our spots. And if, if we just avoid the early goal, avoid the early mistakes, I think we're going to be fine against Chivas. Yeah, I think, I think it's ahead. like a twofold thing as far as like a player – personnel thing goes you got to think about the fact we're in a final right and there's a lot of emotions there's a lot of intensity and you got to have stability you got to have calm presence and so for me when i think about samir and i absolutely agree with you lou about samir starting this guy last year was playing at old trafford against manchester united okay like that's a very intimidating environment and he like like we said like he's our best center back by a pretty wide stretch in my opinion and so you need to have him in there. And I think another important player is Carioca. I know that we've had, you know, we've been talking about it in the chat of like, is he really about it? Like he might be leaving. He may not renew the contract. He's more about it now uh, he's more, than he's leaving. He, exactly. And the fact that he is such a, like, he can change the pace of games like nobody else can on our squad. Um, and I, I remember just all, every single 
good game he's ever had. Like he is able to retain the ball. Like he's the, he's the conductor. He's the master of the team. So in this environment where Chivas likes to play fast, they like to get up on the up and, you know, move the ball quickly. His role, I think, is very, very important in trying to not necessarily like slow the game down just to slow it down, but just to like, you know, not tire us out in a lot of ways and not, you know, have to buy into run back just, all the yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah. And like us dictate the game the way that we wanted to instead of Chivas dictating the game the way they wanted to. Got to try to find like a balance of that. So I think those two guys for their leadership, for the big game experience, big environment experience, I, I think it goes hand in hand in their own separate ways. And the thing with Carioca is that he loves the big moments, man. He does. I mean, look at the Club World Cup against Bayern, against Palmeiras. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, like, he, you know, he'll, he might take a game off against Mazatlan where he's just, you know, jogging <laughs> around, doing nothing. But, but, but he knows the moments. He knows the moments. And when he came in in that second half against Rayados, uh, oh dude, he oh. changed the game. He changed the game completely. Because it's 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 what what Dennis is saying. He he controls the tempo. He he's the point guard. He's the he's the orchestra director. So yeah, he's 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 gonna be huge this game. I have a feeling he's he's if he's leaving, he wants to leave with a bang. Or if he's gonna renew, this is these are these two games are gonna be his his resume to show to the front office. Absolutely, and I hate to uh, point this out because I was gonna point out the notes. Uh, Alfred uh, gave us in in the group chat, <laughs> and the first note is Carioca gives away the, the corner trying to control the ball <laughs> after we just uh, praise him. But yeah, he he yeah. Uh, he did mess up that game because he 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 did he did give up, but it was just a sloppy. I think it was kind of a moment of a bad coordination, and he gave up that corner kick. And but honestly, I mean, it, it was that was the thing under Chimad. Like we had slow starts and we would, we would lack focus the first 15 minutes and then, you know, mistakes would happen. And I think Siboldi's fixed a lot of that. And to, to add to that, watching back the Chivas game from earlier this season, they kind of killed us on set pieces. And that's like, yeah. you know, that's kind of unacceptable, <laughs> you know, like you, you can't like lose focus on set pieces. So if we just fix that, like, I think we're fine in a lot of which, ways, hopefully. Which is funny. That's another thing Siwoldi has improved is set pieces. Oh. Like you could tell immediately, like after the second game, we were getting better, just generating more chances off the set pieces and defending them better. Yeah. And I was going to ask, wasn't that one of the first things he worked on the, his first week in office? What corner so. kicks? Yeah, short corners. Yeah. They drive me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> the like, man, they're doing a great job with those short corners, man. I don't know what it is, but they're actually doing halfway decent with those. I do enjoy those. I'm um, I'm actually the opposite. I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hating them forever, dude. Like I I think I've seen maybe like five goals happen off of those like short passes. I'm just like you make everybody come to the the box and. I don't know. You're a professional. Get 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 somebody <laughs> the ball to their head. Welcome to the dark side, Alonso. Welcome to the dark side. So, um, I think you know the key words intensity here, guys. I think you know even Alfred pointed out with all his notes from rewatching the game, intensity will be key. Um, controlling the tempo, obviously. 
Uh, I think I'm in agreement. Samir has to start. Big moment. Uh, best defender, obviously. Uh, I personally, I'm leaning more to three in the back. I really like Guido Pizarro, Diego Reyes, and Samir to start back there with giving Angulo and Aquino as the wingbacks. I mean, even, I know it's not going to happen, but it would be great to see another option play there. But I think it allows you to be more flexible to see how the game is going, to either switch back to a back line of four or keep it going and maybe bring in or slide in Angulo if one of the center backs is not having a good game and then bring in Chuy Garza opposite side, Muaquino. So I think it gives you the more of the options, even sliding Quinones at that left back spot, uh, left wing back spot. So that's what I'm leaning more towards uh, as far as the lineup. I also think Carioca needs to start. He's had great uh, last two games. Um, the big question is, you know, who's going to start up top with, uh, is he going to rely on Vigon or he's going to go to Nando Gorriaran? You almost have to stick with Vigon. Vigon's kind of done enough to keep it, in my opinion. I mean, if if I look at this, the second game against Rayados, I felt like Gorriaran was kind of a, one of the, the weaker spots. Just because I feel like he was coming off of that injury and I don't think he's, he was at 100%, but Right now, Vigon is just going box to box, and he gives us another scoring option, which I think Gorriaran has kind of been shy about, you know, shooting. And and it's I think with, with Gignac having a little bit of a slump, having Vigon there as another scoring threat I think is important. Yeah, and I will he's, he's the load off of uh, Cordoba. Right, right. And I will say, even though I said that this is Gorriaran's game to shine, I would still start Vigon without a doubt for the first leg. No questions asked. I think he definitely needs to be there. Uh, and, 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 you know, it gives you the option. You can let me go and run wild for 60 minutes and then bring in Gorriaran for another 30 to just go crazy. And run you wild, know, too. Keep bossing that, you know, keep bossing that midfield. Yeah, we need we need a lover boy on, on the field. We need that extra enthusiasm for the players <laughs> to shine. We, we went from Beso de, de Piloto Jimenez to Beso de, de Bigon, bro. Yeah, but, I, bro, and... Be going, no shame either. Just grabbing all his Oh, yeah, things. he don't care, bro. That was a <laughs> TV, TV novela kiss, dude. He didn't care. That's amazing. Well, okay, guys. Sebastian's going to just put the X in his name and just they'll just have sex on the field right then. Next <laughs> <laughs> we got too much going on with our players this season. Oh, man. They've kept it interesting, though. Absolutely. I mean, despite they, all the ups and downs. Man, well, at least at least one of the things. What was that? Now I was gonna say now it looked a little bit more romantic with with uh, Piloto. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do want to point out though, like in past years, you know, and obviously it's been a long time since we've struggled this this bad uh, in terms of playing uh, style, just form. But you know, having three coaches in a season and being in this moment in this game. Says a lot about the players, uh, says a lot about the organization or the club as well, as far as how far we come, as far as, uh, you know, critical moments or tough moments. I think that, you know, the board, you know, I myself included has, you know, hit them with a bat for a bit here and there, like a little piñata. But I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're still confident in what they have and uh, they're, they made it happen with Siboldi. And we're here, guys. We're here for a rematch. and. Uh, it's our time hey, to the eighth. Arnaldo, speaking of front office, uh, Antonio Sancho going down there today, you know, creating all those waves. I mean, dude, just stay off the pitch, man. Come on. 
Like, Bro. you know, you know, Sancarilla no is just ready moment. to take a photo as soon as the, and then he takes the photo where it looks like Sancho's going like, hey, calm down, calm down. Right. And now everybody's like making a big stink about it. I think I saw that like it was more like I think Sancarilla tweeted and so did uh, Peyo. Peyo said obviously it wasn't nothing. Sancarilla mentioned something about logistics and like media day and stuff like that, which could make sense. But I'm more interested in, as to why he dresses so poorly. <laughs> Dude, get some oh, pants. Get get some pants that fit you. He might have been been even wearing a belt. And the, polos, the guy's a size 36 and is wearing like a 42. Yeah, bro. And then My the, goodness. the shoes, like, I couldn't really tell what the shoes were, but I'm like, dude, you work for one of the richest clubs in Mexico. And like, we have you out there looking like that? Like, scrubbish. I mean, jeans uh, and the club polo. It's not that hard. That's all you got to do. Yeah, dude. bro. Or, or go out there in shorts, you know? Come on. Shorts and flip flops or something. Yeah, I, something. I can't believe that guy used to like hold the midfield down for us. <laughs> Which he did. He was excellent. Hey, how many Daniel, man? They were beast in that midfield. Yeah, it's so. Anyways, guys, early predictions. Uh, we're right to the finish line as we're going to head into watch these Amazonas game, which they're on to the next round with a 5 0 victory. But uh, it's almost game time. So let's get some predictions in for the first leg. Dennis, we'll start off with you, brother. I swear if we don't win, I'm going to be very angry because if I'm there, I, I'm going there, listener. Uh, I'm going to Monterrey. We've not gotten the game tickets yet. That is a tomorrow problem, as I was just telling the guys before we clicked record. So I really need us to win because I'm going to be at the building. And if we don't win, y'all can blame it on me. Yeah, uh, that's the plan, brother. As, as y'all should. As y'all should. Uh, gosh, man. I think we're going to win by two. I don't know, like what exactly the scoreline will be, which is obviously a dangerous game to play because two goals is not enough sometimes, as we all know. Hopefully it's three or four, like we've talked about in the group chat all day. But I'm going to say two zip, three one, something like that. Cordova gets two. Uh, maybe Gignac gets the third if we score three. I don't know. But I totally expect us to win because we're just going to have such high morale. We have good confidence right now, especially after beating our rivals in their stadium. And they will too, but it's different at the Volcan, bro. It just is. So, I was going to point out something real quick in regards to you going. It's interesting how <clears throat> it's so easy for you to get that flight, right? And so typically whenever you plan a trip, like, you know, the, the main thing that can hold you back from scheduling a, a trip is like, your flight, right? How expensive it can be, especially last minute, but you got that down. But the really tough task here is uh, finding a ticket for that stadium. Yeah. So that's, that's the wow aspect of it. Yeah. And, and this could not have been the more perfect week to go because this is like my last easy work week before next week just goes crazy with camps and stuff. So this could not have timed up perfectly. And I was like, I honestly don't care how much money it's going to cost. Like I'm getting my butt down there. So, yeah. and I'm convincing my uncle who lives in, uh, in Canada up there too. I'm trying to get him down That'd be awesome. as well. So we'll see. And also to point that out, I think we're at 30,000 people in the waiting list for uh, season tickets now. I think I saw Vladimir Garcia. Tweet about it. I, I may be incorrect about that. And we don't have to sell the tickets at uh, Dos Por Uno like they do at the neighbor's stadium. At our playground. <laughs> 
or line up at the venue to get your seats. <laughs> right, dude. How 1950s was that? And those ridiculous people camping out there. Jesus. Sean, what are we thinking, bro? Give me that. Give me that. Oh, two laws. I'm I ready for question. it. If it's tied after both legs, does it go to penalties? Extra time. Extra time and then penalties. That's where we're heading, boys. Jesus. <laughs> don't don't care. Don't don't care what the score is to get there. I'm telling you right now. We're or we are at the bare minimum playing extra time, and I think we're playing penalties. Oh my god. At that point, it's a coin flip. And I and I at least know Nahuel's name, whereas I don't know Chivas' goalkeeper's name. So give me us by a one Nahuel save in a, in the penalty shootout. I don't like you right now. <laughs> Brother, we've had three coaches and we're in a final. Get used to doing it the hard way. I mean, yeah, but still, wasn't ready to hear that. Josue? I'm a little bit more optimistic with a 2-0 win to Juan from Cordoba. And I really want Linus to score. Oh, man, I don't know if that's happening, Josue. Assist. He may get an assist. Assist, I believe. I'm, I'm sticking to it. Like, I'm going to score. Bet. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll ask for the lot of numbers once that happens from you. <laughs> Lou? 2-0 at home. And Gignac turns it on for the last game away. And he brings the cup home, baby. We'll be celebrating on Sunday. Woo! It's not, and it's not going to be in penalties. <laughs> Edgar? I think I'm with the majority here. 2 0 win at home for sure. Cordova's on the scoreboard. Guignac's on the scoreboard at home. Um, at the act run, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's coming home. Love that. I think I'm going to be a little more conservative, guys. I think uh, Chivas is going to play as well. I think we beat them 2 to 1, though. And I fair think... enough. Fair enough. Also, then... tough referee assignment, both legs. <laughs> El cantante and Caesar, bro. Caesar's the worst. I yeah, mean, man. at this point, like any that would have gotten would have been like terrible. I just feel like we don't really have good referees in Mexico, dude. I I saw a couple of the guys send that like you know or any just all day like hopefully it wasn't Santander. I knew it wasn't gonna be Santander, but I was like, man, it doesn't matter. Like we can get Ramos or El Cantante, and it's still gonna be a shit show no matter what. <laughs> so. Anyways, guys, thank you all for y'all's time. It was a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, uh, we pulled through and uh, we uh, pulled the second game as well. But I'm sure we'll see each other before that. So, uh, y'all take care and thank y'all for y'all's time. Take care. Thank you. See you guys. Dale, soon. Tigres. La U.